0: africa welcome to daybreak africa from the voice of america i am james Butte in washington today is wednesday december 14th and here are some of the stories we are covering u.s vice president kamala harris says the future of the world rests with africa's youth
1: i strongly believe that the creativity and ingenuity of africa's young leaders will help us shape the future of the world
0: Ghana's President Nana Akufado says the diaspora has an important role in the development of Africa. Lesotho's trade minister says his country needs more access to U.S. markets. ADF rebels attack and displaces thousands in Uganda district. A judicial strike paralyzes the operation of courts in Malawi. Mbato South African President Ramaphosa survives an impeachment vote in parliament.
2: The fact that they rallied around Dharmaposo today is a part of their modest brand, But that does not mean the end of the story. Because by their own action, they've also undermined themselves
0: as a part. And the UN said famine in Somalia is averted, at least for now, those stories and more are coming up on Daybreak Africa. U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris says the creativity and ingenuity of Africa's youth will help shape the future of the world. She says she and President Biden will be there to support Africa's youth by investing time and energy. The Vice President spoke Tuesday to the Africa and Diaspora Young Leaders Forum at the U.S. Africa Leaders Summit in Washington, D.C.
1: I strongly believe that the creativity and ingenuity of Africa's young leaders will help us shape the future of the world, and that their ideas, your ideas, and innovations and initiatives will benefit the entire world. The Biden-Harris administration intends to be right there alongside you, these young leaders, knowing it is the spark and determination of young people that will drive and move us forward. And we are particularly excited about this future, as we are to host the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit this week. In the coming days, as well as the months and years ahead, our administration will invest our time and our energy to fortify partnerships across the continent. Partnerships that, importantly, are grounded in candor, openness, inclusiveness, shared interests, and mutual benefits. And overall, our administration will be guided not by what we can do for Africa, but what we can do with Africa. In recent decades, the United States and African countries have worked together to spur economic growth and expand trade capacity across the continent. We have worked together to prevent more than 1 billion cases of malaria and to help more than 22 million people living with HIV AIDS. Since the beginning of our administration, the United States has invested and plans to provide more than $19 billion for public health and to combat COVID-19, $3.3 billion in medium and long-term agriculture and food security investments, $10 $10 billion in emergency food security programming, and $4 billion in development. We are focused on working with the countries of Africa to address current challenges, as well as to promote long-term growth and innovation.
0: That was U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris speaking Tuesday to the Africa and Diaspora Young Leaders Forum at the U.S. Africa Leaders Summit in Washington, D.C. Ghana's President Nana Akufwado says the diaspora has an important role in the development of Africa using their skills, knowledge, trade, and investment. President Akufwado spoke Tuesday in Washington, D.C. to the Diaspora Forum at the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit. He called on Americans of African heritage to help make the continent a place of investment, progress, and prosperity, and not a region from where youth flee in search of better life in Europe or the Americas
3: we must work to help change the African narrative, which has been characterized largely by a concentration on disease, hunger, poverty, and illegal mass migration. Let us all remember that the destiny of all black people, no matter where they are in the world, is bound up with Africa. We should never forget that famous admonition of the celebrated Jamaican reggae star Peter Tosh, when he said, and I quote, don't care where you come from, as long as you are a black man, you are an African, unquote. We must help make Africa the place for investment, progress, and prosperity, and not from where our youth flee in the hope of accessing the mirage of a better life in Europe, Asia, or the Americas. That is what the Beyond the Return seeks to do. So we can derive maximum dividends from our relations with the diaspora in mutually beneficial cooperation and as partners for shared growth and development. We've done enough talking, and dare I say we've had enough conferences and workshops. We know what we need to do. It is time just to do it. We've run out of excuses for the state of our continent. We have the manpower. We should have the political will. It is time to make Africa
0: work. That was Ghanaian President Nana Akufado speaking Tuesday to the Diaspora Forum at the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit in Washington, D.C. Lesotho's trade minister Monkite Jelele says his country needs more trade access to U.S. markets. He tells viewers Peter Cloutier on the sidelines of the U.S. Africa Leaders Summit that the African Growth and Opportunity Act, also known as AGOA, is crucial to the development of his country.
4: Obviously, uh, we need we need more trade access with the U.S. Uh, we need AGOA to be renewed. What I'm trying to say is that we need it renewed on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, The last time, uh, we took a bit of time, and that sort of disrupted um, our processes, our manufacturing industry. Um, So, Agua expires, this current one, it will expire in 2025, September 2025. But we definitely must get it uh, renewed. Next year. Why is this so important for its renewal? How is it impacting people in Lesotho? It is important because we are all in the job of creating jobs, and um, the geopolitics, as they are at the moment, uh, China-U.S. relations, they are not so rosy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of um, people that are operating out of China, as we speak now, they are making investment decisions today. And they would like to look at alternatives. And if Agua is renewed on time, we will be standing a better chance of getting some of that investment that are moving out of China, you know, mm-hmm. if, if it is renewed on time. So we have to get the, the U.S. government to understand the agency of doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing why we really want to move fast, the generalized preference, uh, GSP, mm-hmm. expired, I think, about two years ago. And uh, it's still on the drawing boards because there are some other improvements that have to be made and mm. it's not been renewed. And it kind of has, uh, leaves us uh, uh, a little bit worried uh, that we don't fall in the same, same pit hole uh, as the GSP has already uh, been. I mean, uh, two years is a bit of a long time uh, in the context of Lesotho uh, without the Agua. Mm. Yes. So, what impact would you say Agua?
5: Has had on the population in Lesotho because your prime minister also mentioned yeah. the importance of Agua. So, what impact has it had on on the women uh, and the youth?
4: Yeah, let me go to the women, the youth at a later point. But um, Agua was first signed in 2000, mm-hmm. and uh, at that time, uh, employment in our textile industry was around 19,000 people, mm-hmm. and uh, after that it shot up to around 56,000 people. So you can imagine mm-hmm. it's a country of, uh, maybe somebody would say, yeah, what is 56,000? It's a country of 2 million people. Right. So that is quite a number. And if you use a multiplier of, uh, let's say, be conservative for, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of dependents that are relying on those people, and now you get, you get the actual impact. Mm-hmm.
0: That was Lesotho's Trade Minister Mokiti Shilele speaking with viewers Peter Clotty on the sidelines of the U.S. Africa Leaders Summit going on in Washington, D.C. <laughs> You are listening to Daybreak Africa on the Voice of America. I'm James Butty in Washington. Today is Wednesday, December 14. For more African news and features, visit our website at voaafrica.com. Connect with us on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Embattled South African President Cyril Ramaphosa survived an impeachment vote in Parliament on Tuesday. An independent parliamentary committee concluded that the president violated the Constitution and engaged in corrupt practices in relation to thousands of U.S. dollars illegally hidden at his Palapala farm, but... With the ruling African National Congress, the ANC, having the majority in parliament, members voted on Tuesday not to proceed with an impeachment inquiry. Professor Sipo Sipi is a political analyst and former deputy vice chancellor for institutional support at the University of Zululand. He tells me the outcome was always a given.
2: The ANC, when its president or leaders are under attack, their knee-jerk reaction is to rally around their leader and uh, this has happened in the past but there are two elements to it one is the ANC is always of the view that uh, it will not outsource the responsibility of uh, dismissing its leader to other parties so when they feel that they have reached a stage where they must let go of their leader they find necessary or they prefer that it should be them who remove the leader. And that has been the standard. So even when the leader is flawed, they wait until the moment when they can call the shots. So the fact that they rallied around Ramaphosa today is a part of their modest operandi. But that does not mean the end of the story, because by their own action, they've also undermined themselves as a part. Ramaphosa has brought the ANC into dispute, and he has brought the country into dispute. The next protocol is for the parties to go to the court, and the economic freedom fighters have already indicated that they will do so.
0: So, Professor, with the ANC Congress coming up this Friday, does that mean now that uh, President Ramaphosa is free now for his re-election?
2: Yeah, well, he is uh, free for his election. But what will happen is that uh, post that uh, period, for the next coming five years, the issue of Palapala will be on the table. And it's going to hurt the ANC badly. Because whichever way one looks at it, the elements and findings of the panel are so tight. I mean, you have a president who has embroiled himself in a situation that created a Conflict of interest between his private interest and those of his official responsibilities.
0: Professor Sipo Sipi is a political analyst and former deputy vice chancellor for institutional support at the University of Zululand. He was speaking with me from Johannesburg. The Ugandan army has killed a dozen rebels of the Uganda People's Defense Force during an attack on the northwestern district of Untoroko. The rebels reportedly injured several civilians early Tuesday morning. Their fighting has also displaced thousands from several villages in the region. From Kampala, reporter Catherine Nambi has the story.
6: Uganda's army, the Uganda People's Defense Forces, has spent a better part of Tuesday pursuing rebels from the Allied Democratic Forces, or ADF, from Toroko district which lies along the border with the Democratic Republic of Congo. There has been a heavy exchange of gunfire there with the army saying it has killed some rebels and captured others alive. Retired Major Edward Johns Mugeire is the district's resident commissioner and its head of security. He says the military is working to ensure the rebels are completely flushed out of
5: the area. This morning ADF infiltrated us from Congo across river Semulish at a pressing point called Dikayanja. We estimated them to be between 30 and 40. They killed one immediately, they, one of the civilians who saw them ra- try to run away, they stopped him and refused and shot him. We have so far killed 14 of them, recovered 17 guns and captured 8 arrived. The war is still going on.
6: According to Mugeirei, Residents have fled at least villages Kayanja too and Chobe for fear of being attacked by the ADF.
5: The locals, of course, were terrified. This is the first time, I think, the war came closer to them. So they are worried. That's why they have rushed. The first test were here by 7 a.m. Then the others, we were, the other sector of the river which have moved to Welsang. But we want to tell them to remain calm. Definitely, because we are still exchanging fire, we cannot tell them to go immediately. But when those forces start with blowing, we shall encourage them to go home. At most two days, the situation will be normal in
6: The chairperson of Ntoroko district, Williams Kasolo, says over 1,000 people have fled. He says the situation is still tense, but the army is being reinforced to protect residents. People
4: are fearing to sleep in their homes. We are trying to see how the army can
5: deploy in these areas. So we are advising
6: people not to go anyhow in
3: the bushes. The situation
6: is still bad. Security officials do not know the motive of the attack on the villages. However, the assault comes on the heels of a joint operation being undertaken by the militaries of the DRC and Uganda to flush out the rebels from Congolese forests. The ADF, which originated in Uganda, currently uses the DRC as its base. This is Catherine Nambi. For VOA News in Kampala,
0: support staff of Malawi's judiciary system are holding a nationwide strike aimed at forcing the government to improve their working conditions. The strike, which started Monday, has paralyzed the courts as protesters block lawyers, police, and others from accessing the court buildings. Court marshals, clerks, and messengers say they will resume work only if the government addresses their grievances. Lamek Masina reports from Blantyre. <laughs>
7: The striking court workers are spending their time chanting, chatting, and playing football and netball around the court premises. And Haliwa, a spokesperson for the striking workers, told Vue the strike is a result of government's failure to honor their concerns over terms of service, which are revised every three years.
2: The last revision was made in 2018. We anticipated a revision in 2021. And from 2021 to 2022, uh, we've been working on a document to revise these conditions. But yesterday in the morning, we received a communication from the office of the registrar that the terms and conditions have been approved. But to our surprise, what has been approved is contrary to what was submitted by the Judicial Service Commission.
7: Hariwa said the workers are demanding allowances for working overtime and outside their normal places of employment. Among other things, a similar strike lasted two months in 2015 when the workers demanded a 30% salary increase. Hariwa said this time the issue of a pay raise is out of question because the government has said it has no money for that.
2: We are okay with that because we understand the economic situation right now. But there are other allowances which we want, which we use when discharging our duties every day. What the Minister of Finance has done, has revised them, but the revision is not what we discussed.
7: Efforts to reach government officials for a comment were not successful. The strikers are using three branches to barricade court buildings, denying access to judges and other regular court users. The industrial action led to indefinite suspension of more than 60 cases on Monday alone, including government corruption trials. Human rights campaigners and legal experts say the strike is having a real effect on defendants. Victor Muhango is executive director for the Center for Human Rights Education, Advice and Assistance, known as CREAM.
6: We have been
2: uh, greatly affected.
4: As you know, the prayer, most of the time, assisted the prisoners. Uh, most of them poor. They don't have lawyers to represent them. So we, 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 we have some cases in the court. So this has uh, actually affected us. And the, we are seeing a number of rights violations uh, regarding the, the rights of uh, the suspects. The president of
7: Malawi Law Society, Patrick Mpaka, told a local newspaper that the strike is a serious inconvenience to the access to justice. Officials in the Malawi judiciary have been holding meetings with leaders of striking staff in an effort to convince them to call off the strike. But the strikers say they will not resume work until their demands are met. Lamek Masina for VUAN News, Bulanta, Malawi.
0: A United Nations acute food security report on Somalia issued on Tuesday finds the famine in that country has been narrowly adverted due to the response of humanitarian organizations and local communities to the crisis. Lisa Schlein reports for VOA from Geneva.
8: While famine has not been officially declared in Somalia, the United Nations says the country is not yet out of the woods. Jens Lajerke, a spokesman for the U.N. Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs, says the underlying crisis has not improved. He warns famine remains an ever-present threat.
5: Even though that technically there is not declared a famine, that all the technical thresholds have not been met, does not mean that people are not experiencing catastrophic food shortages. That the number of people who are expected to experience this is going to rise from 214,000 to 727,000 people.
8: Layerke says the situation can hardly become worse. If assistance is not scaled up, he says famine is expected to occur between April and June 2023 in southern Somalia. He says aid in the sectors of health and water, sanitation and hygiene are particularly critical. Without such help, he warns hundreds of thousands of agro-pastoral populations in Baidoa and Kaba districts and among displaced populations in by Doa Town and Mogadishu will face starvation in the second quarter of next year. Findings in the UN report show Somalia's food crisis will deepen and widen, with about 8.3 million facing acute hunger. Additionally, Laerke says some 2.7 million people are expected to be in what the UN classifies as IPC Phase 4 emergency. This, he explains, is a state of humanitarian emergency that is just one step below famine. This phase
5: is, as you know characterized by major food shortages, very high acute malnutrition and excess mortality. So people die. Already widespread crop loss, livestock death, and the prospect of outright starvation has forced hundreds of thousands of people to flee their homes in search of assistance.
8: The United Nations reports five consecutive years of failed rains, increasing global food prices and persistent armed conflict and instability have driven the population to the brink of disaster. It says international support can head off a devastating famine and prevent the deaths of hundreds of thousands of children, women and men. Lisa Schlein for VOA News, Geneva.
0: And that's it for this Wednesday, December 14th edition of Daybreak Africa. We thank you for coming aboard with us this morning. For more Africa news and features, visit our website at voaafrica.com. Connect with us on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are also on YouTube where you can watch our TV shows, Africa 54, Straight Talk Africa, and Red Carpet. On behalf of the Daybreak Africa crew, I am James Butte in Washington wishing that you will have a wonderful day.
1: Hi, I'm Kim Lewis. Join me and our panel of journalists as we discuss the top stories of the week, including President Joe Biden hosts the U.S. Africa Leaders Summit in Washington, where African leaders and those in the private sector and diaspora face additional challenges brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic and the war in Ukraine. This and more on Issues in the News this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. On the next Straight Talk Africa, leaders from
6: countries across Africa are convening in Washington this week to take part in the U.S. Africa Leadership Summit, an initiative by the Biden administration to strengthen its relationship with the African continent. Join me, Haiti Adams, and my guests as we discuss and analyze the U.S. Africa Leadership Summit this Wednesday at 1830 UTC. VOAAfrica.com is where you read, watch, and listen to your favorite VOA Africa programs 24 7. Our correspondents provide you with local, regional, and international news around the clock. Stay tuned on VOAAfrica.com, your trusted source for news and information.